Hello, check. Hello, check one two. Hello, check one two. Welcome to another episode of Writer and Geek Show, and uh, this is your host Shankar here. Unlike the past uh, two episodes, I'm going to hand back the control, the steering wheel, or the driver's seat back to the man with the sexy voice. Give it up for Vishnu. So Vishnu, <laughs> what are we going to talk about in this episode? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> That's what he called an introduction. <laughs> you know? Seriously. Anyway. I don't know. I felt like going that way. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, let's begin the show. Okay. After that very embarrassing uh, intro, <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. So I think um, we'll just go back to our old stuff, which we left some time back. What stuff? <laughs> we were in the moon. Remember? Oh yeah. Uh, I I actually don't remember what <laughs> happened over there. Where did we stop? Can you like brush up? I think we started with the events that led to the moon moon uh, landing and all that those mm. missions apollo missions and all that and we started with apollo 1 and we came up to apollo 10 the lesser known ones yeah, yeah which was the which was a mission just before the actual moon landing happened so we discussed about what their uh, different mi- mission objectives were and all that mm. so in this episode i thought we'll discuss about the most famous moon mission which was apollo 11 is it <laughs> Apollo 11 I think <laughs> Apollo 13 is more famous <laughs> because probably because uh, you know we've heard about Neil Armstrong but the second thing uh, what but the probably the spacecraft we know more about is Apollo 13 yeah but uh, to be frank when we learned about Apollo in school nobody mentioned Apollo 13 ah uh, yeah i It's came to school fault i came to know about <laughs> Apollo 13 i think through was it readers digest Uh, I think it was Reader's Digest where the story came once. I'm not sure. It's either Reader's Digest or the movie. Uh, no, it was Reader's Digest for okay. me, uh, which came sometime around 2000 something. Hmm. So I read the story there. Uh, that is when I realized there was an Apollo 13, and which was kind of a. Oh yeah, I can say that it's the movie for me because uh, I didn't used to read much back then. <laughs> anyway, yeah. before we go to Apollo 13, let's talk about Apollo 11. people are familiar with what apollo 11 was who the astronauts were how the mission was but there are certain facts which i don't think many of us know about apollo 11 i'm not going to talk about what the rocket was and what the spacecraft and what was the mission objective and all that because i think everybody knows that there is no more famous mission than this one right that's true let's probably start with the you know three people who were involved in this thing just to you know yeah give so them an idea three people who are involved i think everybody knows that as well well i'm i'm sure not many knows because so the, we know that neil armstrong is the first one second was buzz aldrin and who is who was the third one even i don't remember so neil armstrong was the commander of the mission hmm. the lunar module pilot was buzz aldrin and the command module pilot was michael collins yeah but you know what in fact this term lunar module pi- pilot is a little funny one because Actually the lunar module pilot doesn't fly the lunar module okay. the commander himself flies the lunar okay. module Okay the only person who got to fly a lunar module who was a lunar module pilot was Al Bean who was in the Apollo 12 mission Okay he was the only person who got a little bit of a flying time but this is just a I I think it was just more of a, a term that they gave to the second person second astronaut who was in the lunar module okay. so most of the flying was done by the commander himself but but it it's a it's a joint effort it's hmm. not that one person is doing everything so uh, just a little bit of a fact there okay so yeah neil armstrong bazaldrin and michael collins were the three astronauts hmm. um they lifted off on 16th of july 1969 hmm. the fateful day and the mission lasted for approximately 8 days they came back to earth on 24th july um 
of course this was the most uh, you know sought after mission because this was the mission where actually the astronauts landed on the moon so mm. as we discussed in the previous episode apollo 10 astronauts came to around you know yeah pretty close to the moon surface but they couldn't la- land because that was not the part of their objective so this was a mission where a man actually set foot on the earth. so it was not it was a it was not a very smooth mission as uh, you know we all think mm. so i'll just chronicle the events as they unfolded so on 16th of July, um, they took off from Florida. Hmm. It was called Kennedy Space Center then. Yeah. After a journey of, uh, what, around three days, they reached the moon surface. Now, during the journey, there was an interesting thing that happened uh, yeah. um, in flight. So looking out of their window, so you know space is dark. Yeah. They saw something, you know, uh, following their spacecraft on a side. Hmm. It was like a shiny object. They didn't know what it was. Maybe. So normally, um, so normally when Apollo missions were happening, the final stage of Saturn, the S4B mm. stage, was mm. the one which actually propelled the spacecraft to the final trajectory towards yeah. the moon. This stage uh, gets detached from the Apollo spacecraft and it kind of continues its journey. So in later missions, what they did was they targeted it directly to the moon and it went and crash landed on the moon to, okay. cre- to create you know, seismic waves hmm. for the instruments to detect and understand what were the inner composition of moon. Okay, okay. Uh, but in these earlier mission, uh, another, just let it go. Yeah, another rocket engine was fired and it used to take it away from the spacecraft and to ensure that, you know, there is no collision that happens. Hmm. So when they saw something outside the window, um, they radioed back to Houston just casually, but they didn't want to jeopardize the mission. Hmm. If they go ahead and say that, you know, we are seeing an unidentified uh, object flying object. close to our air, a spacecraft, what if they say about the mission yeah, and come yeah, back? Yeah. So what they decided was casually ask Houston um, mm. as to where the S-4B stage was with relative to their spacecraft. Okay. So they got a response saying that S-4B was somewhere around 6,000 miles or kilometers wow. away from the spacecraft. So whatever they were seeing outside was definitely not S-4B. Hmm. It was actually kind of a UFO. We don't okay. still know what it is. They took some pictures, they took some uh, videos of uh, the thing and then they just decided to go go to sleep and not, you know, think about it. Next day, I think it was missing. So okay. that was one episode that happened. But the thing is that you have to really appreciate their ability to not panic. I mean, if you were the person in their place, you would really start thinking about what's going to happen next. Yeah. But they were like cool and, you know, chill out, maybe. Uh, I think this video is uh, there on YouTube. Yeah, right? the video is there on and, YouTube. And... Uh, I'm pretty sure, count, uh, what is that, conspiracy theorist, they would have had a lot of fun with it. Of course. <laughs> so, that is what happened on the way to the moon. So, okay. after uh, covering the entire journey, they were about to reach the surface of the moon. So, as is the practice, the lunar lander, uh, lunar module separates from the command module. Hmm. Um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, they were in the lunar module. Hmm. So, as the s- two spacecrafts were separating, hmm. uh, they kind of heard a loud pop as if a champagne bottle was opened wow. in space. <laughs> this was because the lunar module was not completely docked, you know, compressed. The air okay. compression happens, right, to match uh-huh. the atmospheric, uh, to match the uh, air pressure between the two spacecraft. Okay. That was not happened. And this, in fact, had such a profound effect that the spacecraft landed around four kilometers away from its actual landing point. Wow. Yeah. So that is... Uh, this was a this was a uh, factor in 
so every time they decide a moon landing they also fix the landing point mm-hmm. so landing point is decided beforehand because moon is covered with craters mm. so you need to find a place where you can safely land, land a spacecraft right mm-hmm. so for apollo space apollo 11 there was a landing site somewhere in a place called sea of tranquility mm-hmm. that was a landing site but they had actually pinpointed uh, a place where the lander was supposed to land but because of this popping that happened it mm-hmm. actually pushed the spacecraft a little bit and they ended up landing much much farther wow, than the actual okay. landing site and that was a little tense moment because while landing they saw that the spacecraft is directly heading towards the crater mm. and the entire landing procedure is usually computer control so mm. computer just decides okay this is the right place and they it goes and lands but when neil armstrong took a look mm. uh, outside the window he saw that you know the craft was moving towards some craters and mm. some boulders and stuff he assumed manual control he, he had over, to take control yeah, of the he took the control of okay. the space and he if you look at neil armstrong's history just t- you know taking a step back he was a very skilled uh, air force pilot hmm. he has many many war uh, uh, you know stories to his name the yeah. way, and very good experience he started with, flying at a very young, young age very young age and he was one of the most skilled x15 pilots okay x15, x-15 was a supersonic hypersonic plane mm. uh, which was an experimental plane so he was one of the test pilots for x15 as well so he had good flying experience so he took the control of the spacecraft and he decided to land it himself um so they couldn't find a you know proper landing place they had to keep moving so when the pilot is flying the huh. uh, craft the other astronaut who is with him calls out the numbers like how much fuel is left how okay, how okay. high are we what how what is the forward motion mm. velocity and all that stuff and they reached at such a critical stage where there was less than 1 minute of fuel left oh for them to God. land and at the moment that they landed mm. they just had 25 seconds of fuel left oh my god and in fact in fact uh, nasa engineers later uh, found out that it was a good thing because there was a good chance of the rocket exhaust you know uh, bouncing off the moon surface back into the engine and igniting the rest of the fuel oh. so anyway it all turned out to be good um, so that is how the landing happened it was a little panicky situation for them but uh, you know in the end they successfully landed the craft there was also a small chance for for aborting the mission if they couldn't re- uh, you know successfully find a landing spot mm. So what happens when you abort a mission is that the craft just leaves its descent stage and the ascent stage goes back goes to the back. command okay, module. Okay, okay. Yeah. It'll so just it, launch. It will again. just launch and it will not touch the lunar surface. So the whole process was not a piece of cake like how we expected it to be. Exactly. We n- never knew about all these things. It's all like sugar coated and we're like you know Neil Armstrong <laughs> so, said food. Yeah, that's all. So if you if you really want to know all these things uh, you have to go to NASA archives. Hmm. they have transcripts of all the missions it's a long okay. document but you know uh, if you look at it they'll have every single word that was spoken oh, uh, during the mission and worth a look <laughs> yeah it is worth a look there are a lot of documents but uh, even houston we have a problem right yeah so um, that is also one of we, the, we have had, had a problem in fact that problem. is <laughs> that is actually come okay so that happened and they successfully touched down hmm. um now again neil armstrong was the first person to land on moon right hmm. um this was decided partially based on the fact that the door was closer to the commander's side are you serious <laughs> yes so the commander's station uh, adjacent to that was a door so this lunar lander lunar module was a very small craft it mm. was very cramped to sleep they used hammocks 
Okay. So they used to, you know, have a hammock, uh, two hammocks crisscrossed. Uh-huh. So one astronaut virtually used to sleep above the other one. So that was how cramped the space was. Wow. So for them to don their space suits and then for the other astronaut to move out of the way and the other person to get out, it was difficult. Hmm. So they decided whoever is the uh, commander who is com- who is piloting the craft at that moment. Hmm should get access to okay, get out. Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure uh, by judging by the personality of Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> he must have been pretty pissed. <laughs> I, I mean, they never, sp- I don't think they have spoken about it, but if I was in his place, I would have, you know, preferred to land first. <laughs> Another interesting fact, which is less known, is uh, Buzz Aldrin conducted a holy communion on the moon for the first time ever. Neil Armstrong didn't take part, but mm. he respectfully just watched. I don't okay, know what his okay. religious views were, but then, so that happened. Um, then it was time for them to come out and for Neil Armstrong to, you know, put his first uh, foot on the moon. So while coming out, another interesting thing was that they had to be very careful about the door uh, which they used to come out and mm. in and out of the spacecraft while, uh, you know, walking on the moon. Mm. This particular door did not have a outside latch La- oh handle. My God. So in case they locked themselves, huh. you know, case. Yeah, it kind of gets time, but I, I am, I'm because sure that... Because of the aerodynamics, I think they have... There is a reason yeah. for that. I'm sure that they would have had some backup plan, yeah. but if it's closed, then it's a big problem. The reason for not having a handle outside was that NASA decided that it will affect the, uh, you know, landing parameters, mm-hmm. like the fuel used and all that stuff. So they decided not to... Not aerodynamics, because there there's is no, no air, air on yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's not error than so other parameters. So that is why. Uh, so they had to be careful. They had left the door half open. So again, so Neil Armstrong came out. It was he who was supposed to put the foot first on the moon. And if you remember the words that he had said, a small One step small, for a man yeah. and a giant leap for a man for the mankind. Right? It was not a small step. So. This lunar module actually sits on top of four shock absorbers. So when the craft lands, it just, you know, compresses the shock absorbers and comes down. So Mm. the ladder comes pretty close to the moon surface. This landing was so gentle. Mm. And you should appreciate the fact that it was actually manually controlled by Neil Armstrong. It was so gentle that the compression never happened. So for Armstrong to come and touch the moon, he had to jump from a for a distance of almost four feet. So Four it was feet. not it was not a small step. <laughs> he must have been like hanging. <laughs> so the first thing the that he did, he jumped down to the sl- to the leg of the lander, and then he jumped back again to make sure that you can actually climb back. Okay, okay, okay. So that <laughs> so it should not be there. like you climb down and then you're like stranded and you cannot come up, right? So he ensured that. Then he jumped into the surface of the moon, you know, uttering those famous words. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So and. Uh, one of the first things that they did landing on the moon was to plant the American flag. Okay. But the fate of the flag was little sad hmm. <laughs> because after all their uh, mission and excursion, when they returned from the surface of the moon, the exhaust oh. of the uh, ascent stage kind of destroyed the burned flag. It, <laughs> it didn't burn it out. It just removed it from... Okay. It just fell off. It just flew away from okay, uh, okay, the landing okay. site. So, uh, once they were done with their EVAs, they came back to the lander the collecting craft. a lot of rocks and stuff. So, that was the first time any extraterrestrial rock came into human wow. contact. The fun fact is, um, the moon surface were co- was covered with this gray dust, right? Mm. When they bought the samples into the spacecraft, um, they could smell something like gunpowder 
What? Or maybe wet ash. Hmm. This was the smell of the soil. Huh. Some people say it's because, you know, after almost four and a half billion years, they are com- that soil is coming back in contact with oxygen. Maybe it was getting oxidized hmm. or something. But this was a pungent smell that was present throughout the mission as they were coming back because hmm. their space suits and their face and hands, everything was covered with moon dust. So that is a little bit strange fact. It smell like gunpowder. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, all the Apollo missions, they have carried, I mean, a lot of rocks and all from yes, the moon, right? Yes. Like quintals, I think. Maybe like yeah, quintals. almost 350, 400 kilograms, yeah, kilograms. in subsequent wow. missions. There was one mission which was particularly uh, aimed at finding out the rock composition on moon. Mm-hmm. It actually had the... The lunar module pilot was a geologist. Okay, okay. That was a, I think that was the first time when a scientist actually became an astronaut. Oh. Yeah, it would have been lunar mission Apollo 15, I think, if my memory is right. Hmm. 15 or 16. Okay, probably not we'll sure, talk about but, it. Yeah. In the anyway, we'll, when we come episodes. to the episode, uh, we can confirm that. Hmm. So that's what, uh, collected all the soil samples. It was not a very long mission. I think it was around 22 hours. But oh, that's it. And uh, most of the moon uh, landings have been pretty short, right? No, some have. I think the last mission was around 70 hours or something. 70 yeah. hours, two, three days almost. Okay. Wow. So three days support. You know, they had this lunar rover and all ah, that. Ha, 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 ha. Yes. Yeah. So this was one of the shortest missions. Hmm. So they spent some time in the EVA. In fact, NASA had told them to rest for three hours, sleep for three hours before going for EVA. But Aldrin and, uh-huh. you know, uh, Armstrong sure decided that, you know, they'll just go for the EVA mm-hmm. and then come back and rest later. So that's what happened. They came back with all the soils. They finished all their, ex- uh, you know, um, experiments, which were supposed to be done. And it was time to lift off. Everything smooth. Except for the fact that the circuit breaker switch, which was used to ignite the engine was mm-hmm. broken. Wow. <laughs> Simple thing. Without th- without that, the engine doesn't fire. Hmm. So, small trouble. They just radioed hmm. it to NASA. NASA said, okay, we'll work on it and we'll get get back with a solution. And told them to go to sleep. Wow. Do you think you can sleep <laughs> yeah, in such yeah, a situation? Sure. It's like it, such a peaceful thing, you know. It might even your, be your last sleep. Yeah, your you know. life depends on it. But who cares? <laughs> so, NASA uh, casually said, hey, guys, go to sleep. You know, we'll work on the problem and let you know what to do. Um, Buzz Aldrin, uh, being very intelligent man, hmm. he had a felt tip pen in his pocket. Hmm. What he did was he just rammed the pen into the circuit breaker and it switched on. Wow. So instead of using the switch, he put his pen. Uh-huh. I mean, the ignition wow. was on and finally they were saved <laughs> by a felt tip pen. Yes. Okay. Anything else they couldn't use. You can't even put your finger because it's electricity, right? You don't uh, know. That, that would be, you know, it's better to like stay there and die rather exactly. than put your finger into so it. So that happened. They found a solution, radioed back to NASA. They got their uh, go commands and they just lifted off. Awesome. Yeah. So it could have been the end if they had not figured out how mm. to, you know, uh, make the circuit breaker work. They would have been stranded on the moon. And in fact... Nixon had a whole speech prepared in that case as well. Are you serious? Yeah. In fact, the speech is online. You can go and read it. It says something like, you know, um, two of our astronauts are stranded on the moon and they know that they cannot come out, come back at this point. It, it was supposed to be um, televised hmm. in case of any such an event okay. after the president speaks to their would-be widows. Hmm. And 
almost at the time when NASA would cut down the final communication with the astronauts. Okay. Wow. So that was prepared just in case. Uh, and it listed only Armstrong and uh, Buzz Aldrin is what I remember. Hmm. Because Collins will be yeah, on he the... Can come back. He can come back anytime he wants. But he'll have to come back alone. Wow. Yeah. So after returning from Moon, hmm. um, another funny thing was... Uh, once they're back, they landed in Hawaii. Like, they landed in Pacific Ocean. Yeah. The first US land that they step on is Hawaii. Hmm. So, when they step into Hawaii, as in any case, they had to fill up the customs form. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because yes, they're yes, entering yes. back yeah, into yeah, the yeah. country. So, the form had a question from, like, uh. which location are you coming from? They just wrote moon. Hmm. And what are you carrying with you? It was like moon, rock, and dust, and etc. Uh-huh. So, they e- even though they were famous they astronauts had who had just returned from the moon, they still had to go through the procedure. Yeah, the formality is, applies to everyone. Yeah, this again reminds me something. So, these three astronauts could not afford uh, insurance for their moon uh, journey. What? So, what they did was... When, before going to moon, you have a long period of quarantine. Hmm. The astronauts will be, you know, kept alone hmm. so that they don't contract any diseases and all. During the quarantine period, they signed a lot of autograph postcards. Wow. Sent it to their family saying that, you know, in case something happens to us, sell, sell these things off, make a lot of money and, you know, live with it. They could still sell it, right? They must have sold it. They I'm sold sure. it, actually. I mean, uh, any of such postcard could fetch thousands of dollars to, in today's market. So, that was an interesting thing, right? I mean, uh, they couldn't afford their uh, insurance, so wow. they decided to do this. Yeah, these are a few of the things that's, that are lesser known uh, in Apollo mission. See, most of the time we just talk about the technicalities. Yeah. So, this is a refreshing change to know the things which happened, you know, uh, that we are not familiar with. True. In fact... This made them very famous. They were the first people to land on an extraterrestrial... Uh, of course, if this doesn't make them famous, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah. All this seems simple, but imagine it was done at a time when uh, computers were not as powerful as what it is now. In fact, yeah, have you seen these small calculators? Yeah. That was what uh, powered those missions. Yeah. There is a meme out there right now, you know, in 1969, mm-hmm. when you ask, like, what are you doing with the 4KB? <laughs> like, I'm sending people to the moon. And now it's like, what are you doing with your 1.5 GB RAM? And you're like, I'm running Slack. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> yeah, so times have changed. A lot. Imagine the dangers that they have been through. Yeah. The the command module pilot just, you know, alone in the space revolving around the moon when these two astronauts go down. Anything could go wrong, right? You never know what happens. If the mothership is destroyed in some way, yeah, no one can come, come back. back. No wow. one can come back. They will get be stranded. So many parameters and so many things have to come right for this entire mission to be a success. So it, I think instead of looking out for miracles and, you know, extraordinary things, we should understand that these are the things which is, which, which can be classified as miracles, right? Yeah. And those are the things which human beings have done. Yes. These are all, this is all engineering marvel. So I think we know where actual miracles happen in this world. See, even at times like this where there is a lot of pressure and you don't even know if you'll come back, but we are able to stay calm. I mean, we in the sense astronauts. Yeah. And they're able to like do things perfectly and get the things done. Yeah. There have been some missions which have not been successful Mm -hmm. and we have lost life, but this is like a true marvel which we have been able to like achieve if you ask me these people not just the astronauts the engineers who have worked behind the scenes they have played such a major role 
those are the real superheroes and superhumans yes. right so True. yeah